first time this morning. First time, let me see your hand. There we go. Come on, let's welcome these amazing people. Welcome. Welcome, guys. Um, uh, sorry, my wife's like, CJ, it's hot in here. You know, like when you stand in the front, your wife's sitting in the, right in front of you, and you're like trying to figure out what she's saying. We need like some sort of translation, eh, Rich? Just like a thing that says, this is what she says. You know? <laughs> All right. Awesome stuff. I'm not going to take a lot of your time. It is hot in here. Hallelujah. All right. And that's not me. That's the heat in the room. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Don't be so heavy. Yes, see. Babe, I was waiting for you to say amen. Yeah. You know what happened yesterday? Can I tell you what happened yesterday? Right? Is that okay? <laughs> so, it's, it's nothing serious. It's okay. Don't worry. So, yesterday, right? So, yesterday afternoon, we, we were playing like, we were, we were on YouTube, right? And they have like a, a top 20 South African songs on there. And we were like, hey, let's see what, what's happening in music these days. You know, the kids know what's going on. So, we went through this list, okay? And we get to this Afrikaans Soki song. And my, I was playing it and I started feeling it, you know? You know what I mean? It's just that, you know, that spirit of Afrikaans that comes upon you. And you just feel like, man, something is about to happen here, you know? So my wife was sitting on the couch, right? And, and I said to her, hey, come on, let's Soki. And she was like, CJ, please. <laughs> this is not going to happen, right? So the music is going and stuff, and she was sitting on a couch, and I was like, now I'm going to, you know, just pull off this couch. Got her off the couch, and we tried to soki. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Man. <laughs> it's like, not even if somebody came and prayed for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not even if somebody said, I've got a word from the Lord for you. It just didn't happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was going this way, she was going that way, and it was like, but what's really amazing is that we had such a good laugh, isn't it? And that's the one thing I love about my wife is that after 20 years, we can still sit like and we can still laugh, amen? So as you can still laugh with your friend, you can still laugh with your friend. All right? My friend Rich is like, what is socky? What is socky? All right? Anyway. Um, so this morning, something that I'm very excited about is that we are going to have a baby dedication this morning. And not, not just a baby dedication, but we're also going to have a 10-year-old dedication. Is that right? Is it, am I right? 10 years old? All right, perfect. So can I ask maybe invite the parents to come to the front? Are they here yet? Oh, there we go. There we go. Awesome stuff. Come on, can we welcome them? that. Awesome. Woo. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow. So awesome. So cool. Morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Great. It's your first time here at Waypoint. You, your first time? It's their first time here at Waypoint this morning. And you guys have come from Cape Town. All right. They've come from Cape Town. And where's Auntie Lynn? Where is she? Where, where is she? Oh, she's there in the back. This is her babies. This is her kids and her grandkids over here. All right. And I remember she phoned me and she sent me a message. Auntie, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. 
on, give it up for this incredible lady. Great stuff. Great, man. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for giving us the honor and the privilege as a church to be able to, with you, dedicate your children to the Lord. Amen. And what a beautiful day to do it, isn't it? Like driving down here, coming to church. We should have been on the beach today. Don't you guys think so? Right, we should have. So um, so I wanted to just kind of make a little bit of a, of a big deal about this. Is that, is that okay? All right. And, and I wanted to read something this morning out of 1 Samuel. I think we all know the scripture, but it's about a woman by the name of Hannah. And Hannah, her desire was that she wanted to have a child. And there was a whole bunch of other women that were blessed already with children. And she felt for a moment like, does God really have a plan for me? Is God really going to give me my heart's desire? And as the story goes, we read that Hannah went up to the house of the Lord and she began to pray. And she said to God, she says, God, when I have my child, I will dedicate him back to you. And she makes a commitment, even before she had a child, before she was pregnant, she made a commitment and said, God, if you give him to me, if you give her to me, I'm going to give them back to you. And I love this word. Uh, this word dedication means literally a commitment. It's you as parents making a commitment this morning to the Lord and saying, God, we're giving these kids back to you. And another word for commitment is when somebody resolves. You make a, a conscious decision between you and husband and wife and say, these kids, God has given them to us, but we're going to give, give them back to him. Amen. So I wanted to quickly just read, and, and the Bible says, And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And as the story goes, she had a son, his name was Samuel, and he was born, and what did she do? She kept her promise. She took him back to the house of God. And what's amazing is that when we read uh, Samuel's story is that God calls him, he calls him into ministry, and what happens because of that act of obedience from his mom, it literally unlocked his destiny and unlocked his future. And what you guys are doing here this morning is that you are giving them keys, you are unlocking destiny, you are unlocking purpose over your children this morning. Amen? So I didn't want to just rush through this, why? Because this is important. We are dedicating them to the Lord this morning. Amen? So family, uh, with their family this morning, I believe that we as a church and a local church, we have a responsibility to stand with them. Amen? I know some of us, we don't know you personally, but we know this lady very personally. <laughs> right? And as she's taking it upon herself as a granny and, and loving her children and loving her grandchildren, we as her church community want to come behind her and say, hey, how's your daughter doing? How's the kids doing? How's your son-in-law doing? Is that okay, church? So we, this is not them standing by themselves this morning. This is us as a family standing together with them. Isn't it amazing? Man, I love the church. I love what we get to do because we get to do it together. It's not something we do on our own. Amen? So can we, can we stand on our feet? I'm just going to, I wanted to just ask you guys one or two questions and you can just respond with a big yes. Is that okay? Is that cool? All right, here we go. It's Calvin and Calvin Lazell. I wrote it down here so I don't forget it. <laughs> you know? So um, I just want you guys just to respond with a yes. It's just three things. Um, and it's just that are you today dedicating, it's Leah and Mia Lee, to the care and the protection of God? Do you commit yourself to this incredible responsibility to raise them? 
to trust in Jesus, honor God, and help others. Amen. Do you commit to helping your child and your children come to know Christ? Amen. And then for us as a church, as a family this morning, we are also part of this commitment. And I want us to do something. I want us to stretch our hands out to them this morning. And we're going to release and we're going to dedicate them to the Lord. And we're going to speak a blessing over them. Amen. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful, beautiful family. Thank you for these children, Lord. And I just want to dedicate that to you this morning. In the name of Jesus. We want to dedicate our lives to you, God. Thank you that from this day on, she steps into her purpose and to her destiny in the name of Jesus. I pray for peace and I pray for your divine protection over her life in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for this young lady. Thank you for her life. Lord, we dedicate her, Father God. We make a commitment this morning. Their parents making a vow this morning and say that, that you can have them. This, they are yours. And through their step of obedience this morning, that things will begin to unlock in their lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to bless this family. I want to bless mom and dad this morning. They've come all this way. They've driven all this way down to Jeffreys Bay. I thank you that this is going to mark them. This is going to be a December where things are going to change over them in the name of Jesus, Father. We release your blessing this morning in Jesus' name. And the family says, Amen. come on, the family says, the family says, awesome stuff. Thank you, guys. Love you. Can I give you a hug? Awesome stuff, man. Wonderful, wonderful. Such a pleasure meeting you, brother. That's all the best. Thank you for that. Awesome stuff. Come on, let's give it up for this beautiful family. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. Wow. Hallelujah. I wish I was preaching this morning because there's an atmosphere in the house. Amen. <laughs> All right, cool. So before we get into the word, um, I wanted to quickly just give our church community and even you, if you're visiting this morning, uh, an opportunity to give. Uh, it's part of who we are as a church. It's part of our values is that we are a generous church community. Amen. And, 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 but not just generous because of being generous, but generous because of what God is saying and commanding of us in his word. Amen. The Bible says that, he says, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. Why? So that there may be food in my house. And I don't know if you guys remember, I said it to you that this portion of scripture, it wasn't really written with having us in mind 2,000 years into the future. The reason why it was written and God was giving this command, it was because he was speaking to his covenant people. And us as a local church and a community as Wavepoint, we know that we are part of the covenant, amen? We are part of the covenant. The Bible says we've been engrafted into the promise that God gave to Abraham. And if we are part of the promise and we are under covenant with, in, with God, what happens? Whatever God says to us in his word, we apply that. And when we apply what the word of God is saying, the Bible says that there's a system. If you first seek the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, he says all these things will be added unto you, amen? And then I, I thought about it this week, and I was like, when I read Malachi, the first thing that we think about is finances. We think about money, right? Hello? Some people are like, ah, the kerk will me geld Okay, okay, not this church. Hallelujah. But I thought about it that, and I asked myself the question, is it really about money? Because God says, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. Why? So that there may be food in my house. And he says, now test me in this that I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing upon you. 
And sometimes we need to read the scripture from the back to the front. Because if we started where the system works, it says, I will open up the windows of heaven. And then I begin to realize it's not about the money. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's not about the money, honey. Come on, God doesn't want your money. Come on, tell your neighbor, he doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. That's it. That's what this is about. He wants your heart. So it's not about the money, but it's actually just about the principle that God's put in place. Amen. And because I understand that he wants my heart, what do I want? I want his heart. And therefore, what happens when he gives a command, I immediately step in to say, God, if, you, if that's what you require of me, I will do it. And because you are a man of your word, you are a promise keeper, I will see the windows of heaven open and you will pour out blessing upon me. Amen. Oh, man, that's so much better. That's so much better why we give. Amen. Not, the, not like reluctantly or somebody's forcing us to give, but we give from a place why? Because we know that it's about what's in my heart. So I want to encourage you this morning as we, as we take these baskets and pass them around and stuff that, that, that this would come alive and you say, man, I'm giving this morning from my heart. So God, I'm obedient to you. I'm part of the covenant, therefore I respond this morning to the command that you're giving us. Amen? Hallelujah. Can we do that? Can we serve the people? Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I love that song, I'll bless your name in the morning. I'll bless your name in the morning. I'll bless your name in the evening. I'll bless your name in the morning. Every I'll bless your name. Hallelujah. Uh, I see they've got some bank details on the screen, and if you want to do that, you can also snap scan uh, just with your phone, and you're welcome to give that way as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me see, for those that are out of town, who got here this past week? You've been here for a couple of days already? Great. Welcome again, guys. Good to have you here. Uh, how many is going to decide to stay in Jeffrey's Bay? All right. It happens. It happens. It happens. You know what happened on Friday? This brother is sitting right here in front of me. <laughs> I go to spa, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to see anybody. I'm just going to get in and I'm going to go out, right? And I come down the aisle and he says, he says to me, hey, CJ. I was like, but he, you were like very bold about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was trying to be, you know, not, hey, how's it going, brother? No, awesome. And then I walk away and I see him again. I said, you were so bold about it. He's like, hey, bro, don't be so modest. People know you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and then funny enough, on Friday night, I met his wife at the lights. And she's like, hey, it was us in the, you know, in the, what's the name, greeting you in the, in the spa. So it's so good to have you guys here this morning. And I'm so glad to see that you're buying a house in Jeffrey's Bay. <laughs> All right, great stuff. Um, where's Masha? Come, Masha. Amen. Can we just pray for the offering right now? Father God, we thank you for every person that gave. I thank you for your faithfulness, Father. I thank you that you open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that they won't have room enough to receive it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, for those who don't know me, my name is Pastor Mercia. Pastor, some people are looking at me. Is this a joke? I am leaving the church. <laughs> no, I am kidding. I am kidding. I am here 
to announce the speaker of the house. Amen. She's anointed. She is powerful. And if you can guess her name, she's named after a sea. No, after a river. Oh, my God. Do not, I cannot be a Sunday school teacher. She is named after the river of Jordan. <laughs> you know, Fassi is always got my back. He's like, yeah. Awesome. I'm Jordan. <laughs> Nice to meet you. I feel like it's all this hype, and now I'm like, okay, now I need to keep it going. <laughs> yeah, we've been uh, doing a series called Emmanuel, God with us. Pastor CJ has dropped such wisdom the last two weeks. Um, and a golden nugget that I hope everyone caught was he was speaking about how the birth of Jesus wasn't just for the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus was for the death of Jesus, and the death of Jesus was for the resurrection of Jesus. Um, and this morning, I just felt for us to take a moment to pause and to look um, at the birth of Jesus and this, the life of our incredible Savior um, and ask a few questions about it. So I just want to pray for us before we, we start. Father God, we thank you that we get to sit under your word this morning. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would soften our hearts, help us to understand the birth of Jesus, the life of our Savior. And would you speak to us this morning about who our Savior is? Amen. Now, I have a, a really cool privilege of being a coach um, at our surf leadership program. And so for those of you out of town, we have a foundation called the Waypoint Foundation. And we have a, a surf leadership program. There's about 70 kids in our program. Some of them are sitting here in the front. Boys, who's in the surf program? Yeah, only Forza. No one else surfs. Oh, I like me. I am in the program. Um, but basically, we use surfing and skating as a tool to teach the next generation about Jesus, disciple them as they grow in their personal relationship with God, and we teach them very practical leadership skills because we can't have a hope for a better future if we don't have better leaders. And if we want better leaders, we need to equip the next generation to be better leaders. But in saying that, kids are kids, right? <laughs> we have very funny moments, and there's this one kid. He just turned nine, so he's little, and his favorite thing to say is, Why? And so everything, are we surfing today? Yes. Why? Because this is what we do. We surf. Why? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Why did you come here? He's like, I don't know. Why, where are we going to surf? So I say, at Main Beach. Why? I'm like, because the waves look good. Why? I'm like, oh, okay, guys. <laughs> I don't have all the answers. And I think if, if any parents had a kid that's gone through that phase of, but why? And it's never a case of, they just want to know more. They, they want to understand, but why? Why do we do things the way we do? And I think for many of us, at some point in our lives, we stopped asking questions, right? We all went through a phase of wanting to know more, wanting to understand how the world around us works. But we stopped wondering and we stopped being inquisitive and we stopped seeking to know and understand more than what we do. And instead, when we started to ask why, it became from a place of desperation. Why God? Like, why is this happening to me? Why am I the person? And it came out of a place of fear. Last week, Pastor CJ was super clear with us. He said, God cannot and will not partner with fear, right? So I think for many of us, we know that and we just stopped asking God questions because, you know, we are people of faith and we just have to have faith and believe. And we stopped asking God why he does things the way he does. 
and maybe it's from a place of fear or crumbling faith, but we could be asking questions just like a child asks questions, to understand more, to be inquisitive, to learn more about our Father from a place of wonder and awe and wanting to understand more of who He is to us. So this morning, I want to ask a big why question. Why did God send Jesus, right? We know that He came, and if you've been a Christian for a while, you understand He came to save us, but why did He send Him the way that He did? There's a million ways Jesus could have come. Why did He come the way He came? So first, if we talk about God sent his son, right? Pastor CJ sent a, shared a scripture last week, Galatians 4, and I just want to read it again for us. It said, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, under, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So it says God sent his son. But if Jesus was sent from somewhere, what does that mean for us? In John 1 it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So it says, in the beginning was the Word, capital W. So it's the name of something or someone, right? We might be thinking, but it's a, like another word, it's a word. We keep reading in John. Verse 14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So with that in mind, knowing the word is Jesus, we can read it saying, in the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Right? So we can see Jesus was fully God. He was there in the beginning when all things were made. When God first spoke, Jesus was there, right? He has always existed with God. Fully God, having dwelled in heaven with the Father, yet out of obedience, the Father sent him to become flesh, being fully human. Fully God and fully man. While we may never comprehend how that is truly possible and it can break our brains, we can understand why that was necessary. If we read Genesis, we see that in the beginning, God walked in the cool of the day with mankind in the Garden of Eden. They had access to him and they were in close relationship with him. But man rebelled and in his disobedience, he brought sin into the world and fractured that relationship. They could no longer walk in the cool of the day with the Father. And with this came a price, the price of sin being death. If we look at that scripture again, it says Jesus came to redeem those under the law. The law required a sacrifice to atone for sin. But no man, no mere man, was ever going to be able to offer a sacrifice worthy of completely redeeming him from sin. So instead, it was a case of sacrifice after sacrifice, working under the law to try and be worthy of paying the sacrifice for our sins, striving and toiling for forgiveness. So God knew that he had to send his son, the only one worthy of paying the sacrifice for all people once and for all. A man made of flesh needed to be the one to atone for the sin of the world because a man was the one that brought it into the world. But no mere man could ever 
bear the weight of sin of all people for all time. So he had to be fully God and fully man. And this is where we understand why the virgin birth is so important, right? It's something that we all struggle with at some point in the with God. How could a virgin woman have a baby? Like, it's not possible, right? Mary being a young, unmarried woman meant that she was clean and pure in society's eyes. We also read in Scripture that the curse of sin is passed down from Adam, from the father, right? From father to children, father to children, father to children. Sinners producing sinners. This is the way of the world since the beginning of the fall. If Joseph was the true father of Jesus, Jesus would be under the curse. And he wouldn't be worthy of paying the sacrifice because he wouldn't be clean. He would be under that curse. But because Joseph wasn't the father of Jesus, Mary was a virgin. The Holy Spirit planted Jesus in her womb. It means that Jesus didn't inherit that curse of sin that clings to Adam. Right? And we see in Scripture, it's really clear about this. The Bible is really big on genealogy, right? If you've ever tried to read Matthew, chapter 1, it's tough to get through. It's like Abraham, the father of so-and-so, so-and-so, the father of so for like a whole chapter. It's just that. And it carries on and on. And then Matthew is clear, and he says, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. So literally, for like 10 verses, he says, Abraham, the father of Isaac, Isaac, the father, and so and so. It carries on from Abraham through David all the way to Joseph, right? Gets Jacob, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. He makes it clear that he was just the husband of Mary, but Mary was the mother of Jesus. So we see that the Bible is clear. Jesus was fully God and fully man. If Jesus had not been born of a human, right, why did Jesus have to be born? Why couldn't God just, like, send him? If Jesus wasn't born of a human, we maybe wouldn't believe that he was, there was any humanity in him. At the same time, if his birth were like any other human birth, through the, human, the union of a father and a mother, we would question his full divinity. We would question if he's really fully God. The virgin birth is necessary because it helps us understand that he really was fully God and he really was fully human. Jesus was like us in every way except that one. There was no sin in his life. In Hebrews 7, it says, For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest. A high priest is speaking about Jesus. Holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Right? He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily for First for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once and for all when he offered up himself. Clean, holy, blameless. The only one who could ever be worthy of a sacrifice. The only one able to carry, out, carry the weight of all of our sin for all of time. The birth of Jesus was for the death of Jesus. And the death of Jesus was for the resurrection of Jesus. This is the first reason God sent his son, to redeem those under the law and to set us free from the curse of sin, right? We've been hearing this the last couple of weeks, and I hope it settles in our spirit that this is the reason Jesus came. But it's not the only reason Jesus came. Shame, babies. It's okay. Ashes, can someone please help this lovely mom? The second reason Jesus came 
Jesus came to reveal the Father. In Hebrews 1 verse 3, it says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. After He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Shame, it's so hot. I'm sure we're all just wanting to cry a little bit inside. <laughs> it's so hot. I'm going to read that again. Jesus came to reveal the Father. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. If we look throughout Scripture until Jesus came to earth, we learn many things about God. God reveals Himself in many different ways. We see Him as a creator. We read in Genesis how He created the earth from start to finish. We see Him as a lawgiver. As Moses seeked him on the mountain for the Ten Commandments, and he gave many laws, and if we read Leviticus, about how we can live a life that honors him and praises him, right? We see him as a judge as he comes to bring correction. We see him as a redeemer of his people as he brings his people out of slavery time and time again. But Jesus came and revealed God in a fresh light, in a way that really grabs our attention, because he shows us just like how in the Garden of Eden it is possible again to know God personally. Not just as a creator, a lawgiver, a judge, someone in the distance looking down on us. But we get to have a personal relationship with him. Without Jesus, we may doubt God's love. But in the works that he did and the death that he died, Jesus revealed God's love for us, his people. Without Jesus, we would question God's goodness and care. But Jesus revealed God's knowledge of our needs and his desire to meet them. Matthew 6 says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. Without Jesus, we may consider God to be unfair. So much injustice in the world. But in his interactions with people of all kinds of backgrounds, Jesus showed that God was impartial. Right? Whether rich or poor, criminal or priest, tax collector or fisherman, Jesus treated people with fairness and according to the word of the Father. Without Jesus, we would be forever fatherless. But Jesus showed us that we can approach God as a child approaches his or her father. He made a way for us to be in relationship with the Father once again by redeeming us from our sin. There's the relationship not just based on law and judgment and creation, but there's a family relationship there. That first scripture I, said, I read, it said to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Jesus came to reveal our father in a new way to show us that we have access to him again because we have been redeemed. But showing us how to approach the father, how he loves us and how we can love him in return. The third reason, and I promise I'm not going to talk for too much longer. I know we're all sweating. But the third reason is that Jesus came to live a holy life as an example to us. He came to set us free. He came to reveal the heart of the Father. And he came to live a holy life as an example to us. While Jesus was fully God, yes, he was also fully man, meaning he had a completely human experience here on earth. We don't have a Savior who takes pity on us from a distance. We have a Savior who has felt what we felt, who understands growing pains and family, family tension. He understands immense grief of losing a loved one and the joy that comes from having a best friend to walk and do life with. He understands the highs and the lows. Every emotion 
even the crazy phases of being a teenager and being filled with hormones, Jesus was a teenager. He understands what that feels like. He knew loss and he knew love. He understood frustration. He knew what it meant to celebrate. He understood immense pain and betrayal, and he also knew temptation. Hebrews 14 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. We do not have a God who is this distant judge judging us from above. We have a God who fully understands and empathizes with us in our human experience. One who has experienced what we experience, let live the life that honored God, our Father, the completely. Jesus showed us what it would look like to live a life that honors God, how to live a life without sin, and how to live a life led by the Holy Spirit. He set an example knowing that once we were set free, once we accepted him, once we came into this relationship with our Father, he showed us what a life with the Father looks like, what it means to walk with the Father in the cool of the day again. God was so intentional with this plan to send his one and only son, sending him to become flesh and blood and have a fully human experience, to live a life that would set an example for believers for generations to come, and ultimately to lay down his life as the price for our sin and be resurrected, defeating death and giving us hope for eternal life and salvation to all that believe in him. And I really believe something that God dropped in my heart this week is that a gesture like this, sending his only son to live a life, have a human experience so that we could, he, we could know that he understands what we feel, to die a criminal's death, to pay the price for our sin so that we would have access to the Father again. A gesture like that, a sacrifice like that requires a response. We can't hear this and know this and understand this and sit in our chairs and be indifferent to it. So maybe you've known of who Jesus is, or maybe this is the first time you're hearing him explained in this way. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. This could be the first time you've heard of a God who would send a son to lay down his life, just to set you free, just to give you the option to choose. What you're looking for is not found in this world. You may be searching, you may have been searching for years. Peace, joy, sound mind, love, it's all found at the, the feet of Jesus. So I want to invite everyone just to close your eyes and I want to give you a chance to respond. Everything you've ever been searching for is found at the feet of Jesus. And this is not a rainbow promise of unicorns and fairies. This is a promise that there's a father who knows you who knows your heart, who understands your pain, understands the things you struggle with, who knows the things that keep you up at night, knows the things that, that keep you worried, keep you anxious, keep you stressed. And he's saying, I'm here. I want to bring you peace. I want to bring you joy. I want to bring you a sound mind. So if that is you this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond by raising your hand saying that, Jesus, I want that. I want to know you. I want to be known by you. So with every eye closed, if you want to respond just by raising your hand so I know who I can pray for. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. 
just going to linger here for another moment. There's someone else that's needing to respond this morning. Church, can I ask us to all pray this together? Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I repent of all my sins. I receive your forgiveness. I reject all of Satan's lies. Thank you, Jesus, for making me new. I choose to submit to you as Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. People are coming home this morning. For those of you that raised your hand, I would just ask that you could, if you're comfortable to raise your hand again, we just want to give you a card. We would love to connect with you and, and walk with you in taking this step of salvation and what this means going forward, right? It's not just a choice we make, but it's a journey we go on with, with the Father. So if you could raise your hand, then someone will just put a card in your hand. If you're not comfortable, you can just go to the lady in the red dress. Mel Marie, will you wave? At the end, we would just really love to connect with you and chat with you. Just one more group of people I want to chat with this morning. Maybe you have known Jesus. Maybe you've known him for a long time. Maybe you've recently come to know him and all you've done is make a decision, right? Spending time with him here and there, but never really feeling that close relationship with him. Never really feeling like you're with the Savior. Never feeling like he's there on your shoulder. He's there. You can't feel his presence. This week, God really put a piece of scripture on my heart. And I wouldn't say this if it really wasn't from the Lord because it's a bit hectic. But in Galatians 5, Paul writes, Now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, total irresponsibility and lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, dispute, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And friend, I need to tell you this morning, Paul is not talking to unbelievers when he's writing this. He's talking to the church. That means it's people who are who are sitting in church, who are sitting in church, who have these things in their life. And Paul is saying, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I really feel God is speaking to someone this morning. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We can't be getting drunk at phone parties at two floors on a Saturday and raising our hands in church on a Sunday. We cannot be having sex with boyfriends and girlfriends and expect to grow in our relationship with God. We cannot be gossiping and sowing division and wondering why we can't hear the voice of God, why we're fearful to share the gospel. Jesus came to set us free. He came to reveal the heart of the Father, and he came to show us what a holy life looked like. That is not a holy life. We cannot be responding saying, I believe in Jesus, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of the way of God, and be plagued with all of these things. Jesus came to set us free. But we have to choose to walk in that freedom and we have to make the hard choice to not live like the world lives. 
And all of us have to make that decision at some point in our lives, maybe multiple times if it comes to that. But the ways of the world look interesting, but they lead to death. Eternity is a real thing. There's life and death. That's it. You have a life, then there's eternity. Eternity is eternity. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And Jesus came to give us the option to have life, eternal life, life with the Father after death. But if we're living a life that practices these sinful natures, choosing momentary bliss, choosing what seems fun in the moment, choosing the hype of the day over our King, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I want to take a moment because he continues in Galatians. He says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Not on a Sunday or in the mornings when you wake up with a cup of coffee reading the verse of the day in every part of our lives. We are called to walk with Jesus. We crucify those things to the cross and we leave them there. We don't drag them along with us, pick them up on a Saturday for the Joel, put them back on Sunday. We crucify them at the cross and we leave them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So maybe there's something you need to go back and nail to the cross. Maybe there's a sinful passion or a desire or a habit that you just can't kick and you need to lay it at the feet of Jesus. So I want to give you that moment this morning with every eye closed. This is not something that's for the new Christian or the old Christian. This is for anyone who believes in Jesus that has something that's got a hold on them. Jesus came to set us free. He came to reveal the heart of the Father. The Father wants your heart. He wants you to live a holy and blessed and abundant life with Him. He wants you to have eternal life with Him. So if that's you this morning and you need to recommit your life, you need to nail your sinful desires and pleasures to the cross again, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand with every eye closed. I'm going to linger here feel like there's someone God's tugging on your heart that thing that's been plaguing you that the world says it's not that bad no one will know it can't be that bad Jesus is calling for that this morning and asking you to put it at his feet Father, we thank you for those that are recommitting their life this morning. And church, I'm going to ask you to pray this with them. Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for coming to set me free. I nail my sinful desires to your cross. And I leave it all at your feet this morning. Thank you that you would leave the 99 just for me.
church, what a morning. People are coming home this morning. Right? So for anyone who has signed up for the first time or is in that space where they're just recommitting their life to Jesus, I would love to chat with you after the service. Um, if you're in town just for a while, I'd love to grab a coffee with you while you're here and just chat about what that life looks like, what that life that Jesus set an example for us looks like and help you take step, your next steps and what that looks like for you. And I thank you for sitting in the heat, for listening to me. It was such an honor. Thank you, Pastor CJ and Pastor Natalie, for allowing me to share this morning. Sure, that was a good word, right? Come on, show some love to Jordan. Uh, gonna, she's going to close just now. But I just want to echo what Jordan was speaking about, that God is calling us, and he's calling us to a higher standard. Amen? And literally yesterday morning, I felt God was speaking to me about eternity. That my friend, I want to tell you, and I want to stress this again this morning, there is a place called hell, and there is a place called heaven. And both these places are real, real, real. And I grew up in an in a era where they said that if you had to walk out of this door and something had to happen to you, a car bumps you or whatever, that are you sure that you are going to spend eternity with Jesus? And I used to sit in the pews and think, that's a bit hectic. That's a bit harsh. But there's the reality. If something had to happen, if you had to die today, are you sure that you will spend eternity with him? And it's a free gift. God is giving a free gift. It's literally free, free for everybody. Amen? So I don't want to go down that road again. I'd say I wanted to stress that again with you this morning. Is that okay, church? All right. Can we stand on our feet? Um, where's Mercia? Come, Mercia. All right. Um, we're going to be back here next week, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. Okay, we have one birthday in the house today. <laughs> so we, can we just celebrate the birthdays that we had this week? Leandri. We have our pastor, Pastor Nex. And we have Geraldine in the house. <laughs> happy, happy birthday. Can we sing for them quickly? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Uh, before we close in prayer, we have two baptisms today. Um, Stephen is getting baptized. And we have Max that is also getting baptized. Amen. So please, if you can, join us as we're heading down to the beach. To, yeah, to witness. Amen? Amen? So can we just close our eyes? And Oh, um, stationary. Guys, we're doing a stationary drive. If you can, please, we're supporting our kids that can't afford it. Anything, a ruler, a pen, a whatever calculator you can buy, buy it. Even if it's one thing, if it's a cash donation, please let's support those who, who can't do it on their own. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Oh, when the box is at the door. The box is at the door. Okay. So if you didn't bring anything this week, go stationary.
shopping and next week. Amen. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the word that we received today. I thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon Jordan, Father God. Will we decree and declare that the word has fallen onto fruitful ground. I thank you, Father God, that that word will produce in our lives, Father. Thank you for the revelation that we had for why you came and that we will not keep it to ourselves, but wherever we go, Father God, when people ask us, what is this hope that we have? It is you, Jesus. We bless you. We praise you. We pray a blessing over every person in this place today, a blessing over this week, your protection over every person in this place. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day.